You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Hey, hey, hey. It's been a while. Been too long. Hey, hey. call me Shawty Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. It's been a long time. Man. I shouldn't have left you without a <laughs> Step two, step two, step, step. Yeah. Um, again, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. This is your first time listening to us. We have been away for a while, and we apologize for that. But between the COVID and um, all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, I mean, I didn't had another. I just got another COVID test. I've been around like three or four people who've had COVID, so I've had to like self quarantine. I've had to do all these random things. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's been it's been interesting. It's been a twenty twenty. Let's say that. Yeah, and it's not over. The bubonic plague and all that crap is back, and yeah. whatever. I mean, it can't get no worse, can it? Well, I guess it can. I guess <laughs> it if, could. if Trump gets elected again, that would be worse for me. Like, I was like, well, there's the, there's the cap for for that, but whatever. Um, anyway, welcome back to Blackout Therapy. I know I've said it three times, but welcome back to Blackout Therapy. This is a podcast. Um, that we're a therapeutic podcast. That's what we always say. We're a podcast for black men. Um, primarily black men to just vent about issues that generally uh, we don't really share um, mm-hmm. with, with, with other people. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's why we're here uh, again. You know, we, we, we're here for everybody, um, but more specifically just, just the fellas, but right. Hey, we're here. We talk about all black issues, all those things. So yeah. we, we, we here for the people essentially. So that's a good thing. Good. Good to see you, Joe. Boy, it's it's so good to be back looking at this board right now. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, you know, I almost didn't know how to use it, <laughs> putting, it, putting, it putting it back together here. Like, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Oh, and so our last episode, we were talking about well, it, that was when everything was going down, yeah. and riding and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So, uh, we had one of our listeners reach out to me, and. Uh, Obviously, we you know when we're getting when we're talking and we're in the heat of the moment, we do some 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 quick math and we say some things that yeah. are out of order. Yep. Um. So there were some things that were said that were out of order, and I want to correct that because that that person pointed it out to me. Okay. We were talking about forty six million. Forty six uh, trillion. Right. It? Yeah. So there's forty six million black people in America, and we said, oh, it'd be forty six million. No, 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 no. It'd be forty six trillion dollars to to give everybody. Um, one million. One million. Yep. So we we missed a zero. Yep. And that's okay. Um, two like, zeros. Two zeros. Yeah. And that's okay. Here's the thing: we have listeners who aren't afraid to say, "Hey, you're wrong." And that's how the world should be. So thank you, listener. Exactly. So, and and like I told him, I said, as soon as we do another episode, I that's going to be one of the first things I do is 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 correct that because we don't like to put out bad information. Right. So. Right. I, and I forgot his name, but hey, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciation, man. Um. Anyway, what else is going on, man? <laughs> so much. I know. So, and and I'd be remiss if I did not start with this. So, John Lewis. Yes. One of our pillars in our community passed. Uh, and, and for anybody who does not know, I'm not gonna try to run through a bio for you. Turn on the Googler. Go research what this man has done. Yep. He stood arm, well, shoulder to shoulder with, with Dr. King. Yep. And fought with us from then till now. So much respect to him. Rest in peace. Prayers and, and, and supplications, as they say at church, for his family. Um, hope they, they can get to the point where they can deal with and accept the passing of this brother, but also understand that his presence on this earth meant a lot for a lot of people. So I'm sure that if you could talk to him right now, he would say, I'm, I'm satisfied with the work that I did on my time. Yeah. Well, in my time on this earth. So yeah, much respect to the family. It, it reminds me of, uh, it, you know, I'm not the biggest, the, well, I say the biggest, I'm not the biggest nor the best um, uh, Christian in the world, but what was it when, when Jesus was on the cross and, you know, he was done. He like whatever they stabbed him with the spirit of mm-hmm. destiny, whatever the hell it was. And he was like, it's finished. And yeah. then the, the, it rumbled. The, the the crowd, not the crowd, but the, the sky broke in half. And he said, the it's building. Done. And I, yeah, yeah. Every, everything yeah. just went crazy. So yeah. I, I feel like 
that's John Lewis. He's like, it's finished. Um, and he, and he did his part and, um, he can, he can rest easy knowing that, you know, the future is in good, in good hands. I it mean, is. You, you see I agree. what has happened, um, in these United States, um, over the past five months. Yeah. So was it five months, March, <laughs> April, May, June, July, man, it's been five months. Four, four and a half, five months. Yeah. Yeah. So you, the, the future is in good hands. Like you've seen young kids um, leading protests. Uh, you've seen older people leading protests. You've seen um, white people who may not have been allies before become allies. You yep. know, so I think the future is in good hands. Yeah, it's looking good, and and I think it's it's important for for us to take note of that and and be very specific with what it is we're trying to accomplish individually, but also understanding on a broader spectrum, what do we as a people need to do next? But then on an individual level, like what do I need? What, what, what would help Joel to feel better about his life, his self, his situation, his potential for tomorrow? And I think when you kind of combine those two, you'll, you'll find out oddly enough, they kind of, they kind of match up. Yeah. I think they do. And, <clears throat> you know, and, and on the subject of, of John Lewis, I mean, he wrote the playbook. So, so it's there, you know what I'm saying? It is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's there. Yep. So everything you said, there's a, there's a playbook for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, just got to open the book. I know um, my man, Henry, which uh, shout out to Henry, who's not with us today, but um, H dub, you know, he says, he, he said, I don't read books, but I mean, you open up one of them books, you you may you may learn something. So yeah, there you go. Yep. How about you, man? How's everything going? Your way? How you been? What's been going on? Oh man, just life. You know, life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life. I think um, just like every other American in in well, not even American, other every other person in the world right now, just kind of tired of just sitting. You know, it's, it's almost like you. You feel like a prisoner in your own home, mm-hmm. but you're, you're not. Um, you can still get out and do stuff. Yep. Um, you just got to be socially aware of, yep. you know, who you're around and, and what you're around to keep other people safe. Um, at some point, you just get, I guess, not tired of it, but you just want to do something different. <laughs> so um, that uh, that's tough. Yeah. But but hey, you know, I've been I've been staying busy, so you know, I can't complain. So it, it man, let me tell you, it, it has been quite the few, the, well, several months at this point for five. me, <laughs> five. Yeah. Because so many things, so many different things that I was trying to accomplish took place, you know, just from the, the interpersonal stuff to the stuff I wanted to do at home, like home improvement things, mm. like just everything I wanted to accomplish. It seems like I'm better focused and better equipped with the time to focus and to actually accomplish those goals. So I know we, you know, this being black guy therapy, this is something that hits home and resonates for me is the American dream. My dream isn't the American dream. My dream is the Joel dream. And, and once I started to figure out what that was and started working towards those and start crossing some of those things off of my personal, not even the bucket list. I don't want to call it that because it's not as uh, uh, before I die, but, things that I really want to see accomplished. So whatever will be the opposite of a bucket list while I'm still here, those are the things that I've been working on and I've been knocking them out one after the other, after the other. So I'm, I'm really happy about where I am currently. I mean, even in my professional career, like trying to see if I can, I'm just going to say it. So one thing is I was asked to be a part of, well, to be the person that manages the relationship with the national Black Chamber of Commerce here in Nashville. Well, that's all right. Did they ask you because you was black? No, because it came from black folk. Oh, okay. All right. I was just so, say. I so was they, like, they asked you because you're black? No, <laughs> they asked me because of the job that I do. My skill set is based on relationship management. So, so that was one thing. And another is I was nominated to be a part of the Young Leadership Council. I'm not going to talk too much about that because you can youngleadershipcouncil.org. Yeah. Uh, but basically it gives you all the skills to be on the board of a nonprofit. So all of these things are lining up with what the wife and I are working on outside of anything outside of our four walls. 
and it's just it's just setting me up for success and I I couldn't be happier man so it's like COVID-19 while it's been an awful tragedy it's been mother nature purging herself number yep. one and then number two it's provided me personally an opportunity to achieve a lot of things that I don't think I could have achieved otherwise and I agree there I mean Part of the reason I feel like I'm so beat down is because, you know, like you said, I'm also trying to work on some things outside of my daily profession, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I literally linked up with a person who took an idea that I had and was like, this can, this can, this can do something, especially in this time right now, right. which I'm not going to talk about on there. Yeah, don't do it. Don't give it away. (laughs) Don't don't give it away. Don't give it away. But yeah, so just working on that every day is just, it's it's draining because you're literally building something that's not From the ground up. Yeah. So it's like, wow, there's no blueprint. Mm -hmm. You just kind of, I think this will work. (laughs) Trial and error the whole way. Yeah. So, um, so I agree. Like I, I, I feel you on that. Like, this has actually given me a chance to focus my energies mm-hmm. on that and just enjoy my family, you know? So yeah. sitting at home, working on side project mm-hmm. and enjoying family is, is um, a blessing. It's a blessing. I can't ask for nothing else. I mean, and it's funny. Um, I talked to the universe and I'm just like, speak. I'm like, I am going to be a very rich man one day. I don't know when I just, I'm going to. And when I do it, I'm putting everybody on. Like I I tell myself that Yeah. that's, that's like a, like a prayer. I tell the universe before I go to sleep. I was like, when I'm on, I got to put everybody else on. Preach. So again, like just the idea that I had that I presented, well, I guess I gave a business plan to the, to this other individual. And they were like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. This is what we need yeah. right now. Yep. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm maybe putting people on a little sooner than, than you I thought. expected. Hey, it's all right. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. So I want to I want to pause real quick. It's something that you just said that's super, super important. And for all of our. So Todd and I probably both for the most part. And you can correct me at any point if I overstep my bounds here. OK. Grew up in a, a Christian home. Yes. And we were we were told a lot of things about Christianity and Jesus and God and religion. Here's one thing I'll say. I have spent a lot of time over the last how long since no October, November we've been doing this? Of October twenty nineteen. October twenty nineteen. Since then I've spent a lot of time speaking to the ancestors. Yep. My ancestry. Unfortunately, not knowing exactly where that is, but just speaking to them in general. And I've had so many eye opening experiences just from talking to them. But you know what else I do? I talk to God and I I say all the time, God, listen. I know there's a God. I know you're real, but I know my ancestors are real, too. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you and them. This is not meant to be disrespect. So us Christian folk don't confuse this for for false idols and all this other foolishness. This is people who existed. Help me to see what I need to see. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm looking for. Help me to understand what am I doing? Where am I going? Why? And the answers that I've gotten over the last nine, 10 months have been astounding. I'm thrilled. I'm happy. It ain't been that long, I guess, but But seven, eight months. Yeah, but still. Yeah. And and I'm I'm super happy to say that as a result of this, some of the stuff that my wife and I have been trying to accomplish, we're starting to see it happen. And and unfortunately, COVID is a super oh my God. It's a monkey wrench in your plans. Yeah. However, because you still see stuff happening, it lets you know if this wasn't here, if this roadblock wasn't here, where would we be? We'll never know, but stuff is still happening. And and I'm so excited to say that everything that we're trying to do and accomplish, uh, and I'm I'm not sure if I want to give this away just yet, because you know, I do speaking stuff. Yeah. I don't care, I'll give it away. One of the things I said 
as you're trying to improve yourself as an individual, there's two things you need to figure out. You need to figure out what your skill is, what you're good at, and then what your purpose is. The two are connected. And you're not going to be able to utilize your skill if you don't accept it. So some people, some people are, are phenomenal speakers. Some people are phenomenal athletes, singers, dancers, actors, etc., doctors, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's not everybody. The bigger piece is, though, my purpose. If your purpose is not built around serving others, it's not a purpose. So when you figure out what you're good at and how to utilize that to serve others, you're on the right track. So for me, I figured out, okay, Joel, you were you were nervous, you were shy, you were scared to talk in front of large groups, but now look at you. You're okay with it. It's like, come on, bring it on. Right. How many people? All right, come on. I'm good with that. That's <laughs> like, but before that wasn't me. And I, if you would have told me that when I was younger, I never would have bought into it, number one. I never would have worked on that skill. None of that stuff. But here I am, 40, 40 years old. So don't think that because you're 20, 25, 30, 30, whatever it is, that you're lost because you don't know what your quote unquote purpose is. Sometimes it just takes time. Some people are blessed, like rest in peace, Kobe Bryant at 16, 17 years old. He already knew. Yep. That's not everybody's journey. So I just want to say for everybody that's listening to this podcast, take your time. Your purpose will show itself to you. And it's always going to be based on serving others. And when you hear, well, Kobe, how did he serve others? How many people watch NBA? A ton. How many people are entertained by? I was like, how many people like laid a reef or something at the at the Staples Center when he died? Preach. Like Preach. there was a whole street full of stuff that Preach. they had to, you know what I'm saying? So it think you about know. how many people he touched yes. just with his play. Yes. You know? Yes. So. Yep. So. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Like every Everybody out there has a skill set. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a gift that they're blessed with that's unique to some. The same for, every, same for others. But it's how you use it and why you use it that determines the quality of your character. I wish I had a ding sound. Ding. <laughs> Do I have a ding sound? Oh, no, that's a laugh. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I don't yeah. have a ding right now. I, I'll it's work all good. on that. We'll work on that and we'll get you a ding. That, that was a ding. Mo- <laughs> ding! Message! <laughs> Remember we used to have a message I on there? I think we might still, still have The green? Oh, yeah. Message. There they it is! That. They can't hear it because I, I don't have that channel on right now, but it's okay. That's like, all right. They, we, we heard it over here. Yeah. It said message. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, it is, and I, I sound like a broken record, but it, it is so good to get back. Um, yeah. in this space yes. and being able to talk because I don't know if you've seen in the news lately um, the current event gun sales are up like <laughs> like uh, I think they said they sold like 3 million guns in the past Jesus. month, month Jesus. and a half some, some, some crazy ridiculous number here in the states right um, but suicide rates are up and um, like accidental shootings and stuff are also up. So, you know what I'm saying? So like this is, I, COVID is kind of a double-edged sword. It yes, is. it's it's allowed people to be at home and, and be with their families. Um, But on the, on the flip side, some people haven't been able, they've actually been working harder, you know, and yeah. stressed out and, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what's what. And you got people who are, you know, having trouble in, in, in deciding to end their time on this side of the earth early. So, um, again, it's, it's just so good to be back in this space. Like if COVID has taught us anything is that you need to reach out to you, to your friends and family. Yeah. And you got time to do it now. Like yep. you, you, you ain't got no reason to say, well, I was, I, I've been working. Everybody's at the house. Yeah. So you can reach out. Um, I, I would advise you to to do that. Yes. Check on somebody. Absolutely. Because you never know what somebody's going through, it's especially too, right now. Yeah, it's too fast. Because let's be, let's be real. I mean, even with um, with the ain't nobody getting no more stimulus checks. 
right now. You know right. what I'm saying? Like some people still ain't working. Right. I, I was, and <laughs> I don't know if I should share this, but I went to the mall. Um, and and thank God that the mall here, not all the stores are open. A, it wasn't a bunch of people. Everybody mm-hmm. that was in there had a mask on. Nice. And and um, like I said, not a lot of people. Everybody had a mask on, and some of the stores were closed. So that lets me know, like, not everybody's back to work. Right. Right. So like, thank God for that. But you just you see all this stuff going on, and it's like. God, like yeah. I need to, I need to reach out. Like yeah. I just need to reach out. So, um, you know, it, and I'm glad you brought that up too, because there's been this, this constant fight almost with. So, so we generally as people of color, we hold the government to this extremely high standard that they failed a lot of times. And I, I, I firmly believe that our government has failed people of color pretty much since the inception of the Americas. Well, we know that they have because that's it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't set up to benefit us. Benefit yeah. us. I mean, I was trying to be nice, man. No, nah, man. <laughs> what, what what King used to say? Uh, he he had that one speech where he was like, when the the white peasants, well, when the when the government was giving land away to in the West, they were willing to give it to the white peasants, but not g- willing to give it to you know the brown people in America that they were more willing to give free land to white peasants than people who actually helped build, build the country the country yeah and and that's real and then, I mean he, and he said he's like and then they have the nerve to tell me to lift myself up by my bootstraps, bootstraps. yes he said it, you know you can't tell a bootless man to lift himself up by his bootstraps yeah so preach there you go my two cents fair so so I just got chin checked on air. Bang. And I appreciate it because it's true. And and one of the things I will say, I'm glad you did that because I feel like we as people of color are far too quick to give that little bit of room of error for other people who've done wrong. So so I'm glad you called me out on that. If it is what it is, what happened is what happened. The reasons are the reasons. We can't change it. We can't try to make it a little bit better just because we don't know. People were shady. Yeah. White folks did us wrong, period. White folks did a lot of people wrong, as a matter of fact. So I I, I, I do want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And and, uh, I'm going to cut you off. No, you're good, bro. This is one of those times and I, I, I say this to people all the time. When, when sometimes I get in trouble with, with what I say. Because, <laughs> because as I've gotten older and I, I guess reading more and just seeing the world for what it is and what, or what it really is, not what I used to think it was, yeah. like I realized that the other, and I'm going to say the other side because not – you know, not everybody fits into this category. Right. But a lot of people on the other side, literally, they they didn't care about it. They did whatever they want to do. Like, they said whatever they want to say, and yeah. they, like, take it or leave it. Yep. So why should, why should I have to check what I say yes. when you don't have to check what you say? Preach. So I'm going to say it the way I need to say it. Now, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then I'm going to be like, well, how do you think I feel when y'all say it like that to me? Preach. You know what I'm saying? So Preach. And and the saddest thing is that comes from the head of state. Yep. Says whatever he wants. Yep. But Obama, during his eight years, had to be calculated, had to be strategic, had to be careful. Man, and it's funny. It's funny. And, and I, I am a President Barack Obama fan. Um I mean, yeah, he, I thought he was a good president, but how many presidents do I really, you know, I, I, I've seen what Bush, Bush, same Bush twice, mm-hmm. I guess Clinton. Um, who that, was in before Daddy Clinton? Bush? Was, was Daddy Bush in before Clinton? Okay. Or was that, yeah, that was Daddy Bush, right? It was right? Daddy Bush. So That's Daddy crazy. Bush, so I got Daddy Bush, I got Bill, I got Bush Bush, and I got Obama. Mm. So... Cause that's sixteen thirty two, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> with that being said, like 
I don't have a a big knowledge of presidents. I know the one that I saw the most growing right. up, which was President Obama, right? Right. So, well, Clinton and Obama are more more memorable for me. I yeah. mean, Bush was a big part of my childhood because I mean, I was in middle school and then we went to war and we're still in this long war and whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, again, I'm a I'm an Obama fan. I'm just gonna say that. Leave it there. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a human being, I think that's probably one of the coolest people that you could ever come into contact with. I, I would imagine his experiences are super beneficial to to sit as, at his at his feet and kind of listen to him tell the stories of where he's been and why. Uh, now, how he came to be in the position he was in, I can't speak to. Yeah. Um, how he utilized the position while he was there, I really can't speak to. Only thing I can talk about is how it seemed. Yeah, I was like, he still had to, and like we're talking, yeah. he still had to be that calculated person, right? Right. But you look at his presidency, and this is just—I mean, I'm not—I'm not a political analyst or right, anything like that. Right. I'm just outside looking in, just like random, random guy watching TV and and seeing what's going on. Like, think about when he was appointing people to things, like very. I got okay. I'm gonna put this white person here. Okay, I'm gonna put this Latino person here. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna put two black people right here, but then we're gonna put another white person right here, right? Yeah. And then, and then you look, you look at the Trump presidency. It's like white, white, white. Hey, all my family. Uh, who who want a job? Y'all want a job? What what you want to be? Okay, yeah, I got you. What you, you want to be? This? You want to be right. that? Okay, yeah, I got you. Hold oh. on, let me let me put your name on the yeah. paper. We, you you want to do this? Cool. I'm gonna yeah. put you right here because I need you to do this for me while, while you in this position. Yeah. Like, oh, you snitched on me? You fired. Yeah. Let me bring in another one of my family members. Yeah, yeah. Like, not family, but family. It's it's just crazy how yeah. the, the the differences and and how like the Congress and the Senate. Are like well, Congress ain't letting it go down. They they've been writing stuff, but the Senate yeah. is like, oh no, it's all good. No. Yeah. Like case in point, another current event. You see the the thing with the Goya beans. Yes. Like that's a that's a ethics violation. Like yeah. you can't do that, right? Yeah. So, but no, they don't care. They do it. They did it twice. The, yeah. the daughter did it, then he did it. Like you know, yeah. so they don't. They just don't care. It doesn't. And so I was looking at this thing today and this is a complete sidebar, but I was looking at this thing and it talked about the the wealthiest families in America. And it was it was listing off these families. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, out of these 10 families they just named, seven of them, based on this information, got their start during slavery. How are we celebrating this as this? family that just oh they they work so no they did not work hard somebody else worked hard yep because they had better weapons yep let's call it what it is they had better weapons gunpowder versus whatever you got i'm a win nine times out of ten throw your spear throw your rock throw your shield i bet my my bullet and this gunpowder can go right through it so it, it was just interesting because when we look at the country where we are today and I remember watching basketball games on Sundays and I'd be like, man, they're, they're showing this commercial for this organization, this company that's been in business for 150 years. I'm like, what company is black owned that's been in, been a thing for a hundred years? Yeah. It ain't one. Yeah, I can't. I mean, there may be one, but I don't know it. And, and I there, ain't seen it. If there is one, it is not on the level of Prudential or these other, these insurance companies, these these uh, railroad companies, these oil companies. Yeah. They're not on that level. So it's it, for me, it's, it's a telltale sign when you see stuff like that. And for anybody who doesn't want to pay attention, shame on you. Yeah. And um I'm going to I'm going to ask a question when we come back. We got to take a break right now, but okay. when we come back, I'm going to ask you a question about all of this. So, all sit right. tight. On the
always had to get an A in there. Right. A. <laughs> uh, okay, so I said I was going to have a question for you concerning what we were talking about before we went to break. Okay. So given the wealth of those people that you said got, you know, their wealth back during the time, right? Mm-hmm. A lot there's a there's a there's a push by our Caucasian brothers and sisters who are saying now, why do we have to pay for the sins of our forefathers of our forefathers that had nothing to do with us? So yeah. why are you punishing us? What do you say to that? It's actually a quite simple answer. If you're benefiting from the sins of your forefathers, then you should be held accountable. For the sins. And and you and I are athletes in our heyday. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing basketball or football for that matter, if on offense I decide I'm not going to get my teammates involved, I'm going to do something goofy on my own and try to make it happen, then guess what? I just put my defense in a bad position. And the defense has to pay for it. The defense didn't make the mistake. The offense did. And realistically, one person did. It's the same thing. And, and, and as simple as that is, one of the things that I've been fighting with is, do we really, do I, Joel, does Joel really need to understand, I mean, I'm sorry, explain black suffrage to white folks? No. Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. That, that's kind of disrespectful. They know exactly what suffering looks like. They know what the, the plight of people of color have been. They, they know it. They understand it. Now, there are nuances they may not have to deal with, so they may not understand those, but the bigger picture, they get it. And I don't want to discredit them for not understanding that. Same thing is true in this case. Yes, you're 100% liable for the actions of your offense, defense. There you're you on the same team. Yeah. I, um, hey, you know, I, I, I think I feel the same way. I, you know, you, you can't, and and I don't know, maybe looking at it this way, right? Looking at it, anytime you see, which the media has gotten a little bit better, at, at least the local uh, media, because they've been called out on it like two, three, well, they've been called out a lot of times, but given our climate, they're starting to listen. But what happens when somebody like of color is in the news for whatever reason, right? Okay. <clears throat> Say something happened, I don't know, murder, robbery, anything. Whatever, yeah. What do they what do they pull up? Pictures. Every, pictures, right? But everything that they did in the past. Every bad thing. Every bad thing. Yes. Probably back to doing something in high school, like, well, well, he did this, this, this and that, or she did this, this, and this, right? Yep. So how come we are is held to that standard of our history, our history, but you aren't. Yes. So until you stop holding my people accountable for, you know, that stuff, like I'm going to hold you accountable. Same thing. That stuff. Same thing. It's the same thing. The reality is again, and I mentioned it and, and unfortunately in the, I don't want to say unfortunately, but if for some people it was fortunate the the fortunes of some folks was built on the backs of others. Yep. It just was. That's just what it was at that time. And there are some folks who may not have hated black people, but still had slaves. Not because they hated them, they wanted to eradicate the planet of black people, but just that's what it was. So for me to sit here today and be like, oh man, I just, I love all white people. I want them to be so much more successful than my people. That's a ridiculous notion for Joel to say that out loud because that's not how I really feel. Yeah. I don't want white people to be wiped off the face of the earth. They you, feel like that's what we we're trying to do to them. Though. That's why I brought it up because when they say stuff like black lives matter and, and that's a sidebar, another conversation the other day, I don't even buy into the black lives matter because of its inception and what it was built on. But when they hear black lives matter, it realistically does not mean Nobody else on the earth matters. It just means we also. And and the fact that I even have to still say that after so many people have said the exact same thing before me 
is crazy. I mean, it, it's perfect. I, living in Tennessee right now is yes, perfect. What, it is. What did Bill Lee sign the governor? What did he sign, was that last week? Oh, I don't know. He signed the fetal heartbeat bill. It's an un, it's unconstitutional. Um, like it, the it's already in court because it's it literally is unconstitutional. Basically, it says, um, you you can't have an abortion okay. after after five. It's like after five weeks. So like women don't even know. Or it's either five or six weeks. So like really, yeah, like women don't even know that they're pregnant five or six weeks. Right. Even, right? So yeah, he just signed this bill. And uh, <laughs> wow, that's that's insane to me. Um, but the 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 reason I bring it up is because those people, those those pro life people, are the same people who are chanting "All Lives Matter," right. right? But how can like I don't I don't understand how you can be like pro life, yell this "All Lives Matter," but then get mad. At people saying, "Well, Black Lives Matter." Right. Like, how does that work? Like, what? What? Obviously, it's cognitive dissonance. We talk about it all the time, but yeah. How can you fix your lips to say, "All lives matter," right? And then, not not care for the Black Lives Matter movement. And even with this fetal heartbeat bill, you're you have essentially told women that we don't give a shit about you. Right. We, you know, we we gonna do, do what we want. Yeah, this is what we want to do. You know, what's interesting about that is when I think about life in general, most people, most people out and you can you can chime in here if you think I'm wrong. I would say 80 percent, 80 plus percent of people are concerned with themselves first. Yes. So I don't I don't really care about this young girl, 13 year old who got raped. And it wants to abort the, the baby because she doesn't want to have to live with the rape for the rest of her life. And, and for me, that's that's America. That is literally this country. This It is not worried or concerned with people's real life situations. It's concerned with its own interests. Yep. And if your interests do not play a factor or role, a, a, a beneficial point in in what we're trying to accomplish, you don't fit. Yep. And on that rape thing, they also in that law, there's no exception for incest Shut or rape. Up, see, yeah, that's in there too. I'm glad see? you brought that up because that is in there too. That's goofy. Which tells me, I'm you know I'm not a politician, but from the outside looking in, I'm like, so for all those, and they were all white men who voted for, of it. course. All those white men in the legislature, legislator here, like, are they pedophiles and are they rapists? Like, I'm trying to figure it out, you know, because it's like yeah. you don't even not even for rape or incest. Like, you are telling me something about yourself. You are. It's a character issue. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want any of y'all around my children. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm not sure about this. So I want I want to clarify something. When you said what you said about uh, white men, I said for sure. I said that for a reason. Yeah. And the reason was because predominantly most senates, uh, uh, council members, anybody who has a position in government, I would say that it's still at least 75, 25. I mean, think about it. Even the, the United States Senate, there's what, three black people in it? Total? At least 75, at <laughs> least 75, 25. So, and then still, so we try to act like it, this is a, it, well, the media spins this as if it's a black versus white thing. Yeah, it's not. This is a white men have since Jesus, I don't know when, dominated the Americas. Their desires, their goals, yeah. their initiatives, the things that they wanted to accomplish have dominated everybody else. And when the biggest realization that I had is. When I started looking at organizations, companies that I was working for, all of the top executives, the CEOs, the, the C-level folks, it was all the same. Yep. Every organization. So we keep talking about diverse, and we've talked about it here before, diversity and inclusion, but it's always on the front line. 
the majority of your people of color are going to be the the frontline folks yeah. whose lives get impacted. Yep. Oh, you take a day off, you're fired. Yep. Oh, you go to the bathroom too long, you're fired. Oh, you get sick, you need to stay home, you're fired. But us up here at the top, we good. Yeah, and you even see now, even your first line level like managers that they're start you start to see more people of color. But again, on the C suite, it is what it is. I don't see it. May be one. Yep. Literally, maybe on average, one. yes, on average, yes. <laughs> and then, what usually, if you see one up there, what is their job? Diversity, Diversity and inclusion. inclusion. <laughs> so, truth. So, I mean, truth. I mean, that's the reality that I don't think a lot of people even realize. They're like, well, yeah, we have black people at the top, but when you look at their job titles, you're putting them in positions where it's like, well, come on, man, like it has to be. You put them there for this reason. It's a checkbox. Yeah, like box check. Excuse me. So it's no, you're right, and and I feel I don't feel bad, but it's it's so interesting because uh, the organization I work for they've asked me to get involved and kind of head our diversity and inclusion in our procurement space. So that simply means any of our vendors that we use, who are we using? Have we put everybody to the same level of expectations and opportunity? And I'm looking, I'm like, man, you can you can register yourself as a a diverse supplier or vendor by going through these means, whatever they are. And we're like, as the organization, our spend out of our procurement group is let's let's say it's eighty million dollars a year. Yeah. You want to guess the percentage that goes to diverse supply and diverse simply it could be veteran, yeah. women, uh a minority it could be lgbt all of these what do you think the 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 percentage is for black not all diverse but just black in terms of money in terms of my 80 million dollar number yes i'd probably say at least a million but probably less than that goes to specifically black so if 80 percent of the suppliers we use Let's say 5% are minority. 0.25 is is black, African-American. I see. So, I mean, that number is probably close. I'm probably close. You're right on it. In, in, in terms of dollars. You're right on it. And that tells me two things. One, we're not actively seeking out more people of color, more black businesses, African-American businesses. Two, the, the foothold or, in George Floyd's case, the need that's been on our neck for all of these years will not allow us to have businesses that you can even buy from. You can't, yeah. you can't solicit our services because you've not allowed us to be on this level, this, this level playing field. So any way you spin it, it's all bad. Yeah. And I mean, when we talk about it, what the powers in this country literally crippled like, Yes. Black business intentionally, yes, literally. Yep. I mean, we 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 see it all across the now. Everybody, everybody now knows, or at least most of my my white friends now know about Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right, right, right. So they know for a fact, like, yes, they crippled it. Yeah. You know? So in and I used to, I asked my grandmother this too. Um, I always because she would tell me about stuff, and then I was talking to my grandfather, and he was telling me he's like, yeah, there was this, you know. There was this black family that lived in town, and you know they looked. Oh Lord! There was this black family that lived in town, and um, they were they were real fair skinned, mm-hmm. but they were black, mm-hmm. right? And they lived on um, they lived on the nice side of town because they blended in, right? right? Nobody knew that they were that they were black. They they assumed they were white. Well, somebody's like, well, no, them, them folks is black, right? And then. The white people just came in and burned down their house. Yep. Burned it all down. Yep. Didn't didn't kill anybody but burned the house down. And then they built a dentist office on, on right. top of it, like shortly after, right? Yeah. So think about like as soon as they as soon as they find out, like they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, boom, we're gonna do it this way and then we're gonna make it the way we want it. Yeah. So I don't know. I and and think about it. This is my grandfather telling me this, who's still on this planet, yep. right? He's he's eighty 82, 82 years old, and he's 
recalling from memory. Mm-hmm. I remember yes. this happening. Yes. Think about that. Yeah. And it, it's super important too, because one of the things that for any controlling group, one of the things you want to do is cut off the history. You don't want their history. There's shows I watch. There's one. Oh my gosh. I can't think of the name of it. And this is not a black show. It's a white show uh, about Vikings and the, the, the on the history channel. No, 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 no. This is on Netflix. Oh, no doubt. Um, I'd have to figure it out to find out, but it's about a guy named Uhtred. That's all I can remember. He's a Viking, but he's he's called the Dane Slayer because he went against his own folks. Anyway, uh, it, it's it's so interesting because when you think about the limits and the lengths someone will go to to suppress a history, if I can cut you off from your past, number one, you won't identify. Number two, I can control the narrative. Yep. And I think about us, unfortunately, right now, I can't tell you for a fact where I'm from. Based off conversations I've had with my ancestry, my ancestors, I feel like it might be Yoruba in West Africa. But I can't guarantee that. And there's no way I can. So based on what you just said, one of the most important things I feel like we need to start doing this generation, this is... For me, Generation X, the Millennials, Generation Z, we need to start writing down our history. Go ahead and start putting it in place so that when our kids' kids are here, they have a legitimate, tangible document based off of legitimate information. And and the more we're starting to do this, because again, you pull somebody like uh, Kasula or or Kajo Lewis, who, who, you know, last last slave ship here in America you pull somebody like that but you don't allow them to connect to their history he can't write in our native language all that's gone yep and you can't share that information with the next generation yep and I I mean it's crazy Um, there's so much to that there's so much to knowing your history I mean think about like Jewish kids Mm mm-hmm in if you're like a Jewish child in in America, you have to go to like a synagogue. Yeah, you to go school. to school. Yes. Like there's a, a a specific school. That school teaches you a couple different things. A, it teaches you about your people. Yep. It teaches about the plight of your people. Yep. What has happened to your people from the beginning of your people to current. Mm-hmm. It also teaches you some some business principles. Yes. And it teaches you like, hey, you need to make sure that your people are good first before you help everybody else. Yes. Not yeah. in the, I hate I hate you way, but we've been done yeah. wrong, so we need to make sure that we can get back. Exactly, exactly. If you make sure that if the family's good, everything else will be fine. Yep. And that's exactly what they've done. And they, I, I say they win it. I mean, they're a very wealthy. Oh yes. Group of people. Yes. Yes. Preach. So, you think about it. They cut. It, they cut that off from us, so we don't have that. So there's this disconnect. We can't build that generational wealth like they have because yes. we don't know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. Well, well, let's take it a step further then, because I, for those folks who watch the news, you probably heard by now. Nick Cannon was fired by the one and only Viacom. Yeah. Viacom is owned and operated by our Jewish brothers and sisters. Yep. And they said for anti-Semitic uh, uh, things that he said. Yep. And only thing that I heard Nick Cannon say was that white people were savages. And if you think about where they started to where we are today, the actions are still savage. I don't I don't understand what he said that was specific to Jewish folk, why they took it to heart so much. And me neither. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, still I, I don't understand that. So what it told me is I, I look at BET. You and I grew up back in the day. They had a, oh my God, I cannot think of the name of the show uh, on BET with uh, Uncle Jeff or Cousin Jeff, sorry. And, and oh my gosh, what was the name of that show? Our listeners, forgive me, forgive me for not remembering, but it was one of the, it was one of the most important shows on BET and they talked about real life issues what they didn't do was show all the, the grimy videos where everybody's killing, everybody's selling or doing drugs, everybody's disrespecting women. 
That was not the image that BET showed you before it was bought out by none other than Viacom. So when I think about it, I'm like, okay, Viacom knows something very specific. They know that they can get sales. They know that they can get people to view this if they present this image in front of them. Now, how that connects to what the government was doing specifically in California when they were using NWA, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't in the room, but I have a very hard time thinking that what the cousin Jeff Chronicles. No, 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 it was before that. It was a show. I don't know. But either way, it, back to what you were yeah, saying. Either like, way, it, it, I have a very hard time feeling sorry for our Jewish brothers and sisters as if they're the only ones who have gone through a very traumatic experience as a culture. Yeah. Because the first Holocaust was at the feet of King Leopold of Belgium when he went into the Congo and they murdered over three million people. Mm. That was the first Holocaust. I'm going to have to read about that. I don't know about that. Check it out, brother. Check it out. And one of the things that, that they'll trick you, anybody who's ever watched Tarzan, oh, my brothers and sisters, watch Tarzan. Those folks wearing those those hats, I forget what they call them, but those were supposed to be Moors. Mm. They They paid the Moors to be basically bounty hunters and fight with them against these African folks. And if you remember the Iberian Peninsula, which is just northeast of Africa, the continent, that's Spain, that's Portugal, all of these countries right there in the Iberia, mm -hmm. they were fighting against the Moors because the Moors came up from Africa and completely dominated that peninsula for at least 800 years. Yep. I did know the Moors like took over a... Because they went up through what is what modern day Morocco and Morocco, which is right yeah, underneath, right on the right there on the at water. the Atlantic, yes, so, yeah, and they went on up, and that's Spain, Spain and Portugal, right yes, yeah. so. and, and and I'll tell you a funny story too, something about Portugal that I did not realize, Angola, which is an African country, was dominated by the Portuguese. Mm. And I was talking, it was, uh, you know, I coach basketball for the YMCA here. One of the kids on my team, I was talking to his dad and his dad had an accent. And I knew I was like, from his, from his face, from his accent, I was like, okay, you're not from America, but where are you from? I was like, listening to your accent, he's kind of sound maybe something Spanish. Yeah. I was like, and I asked him, I was like, I'm trying to place your accent. Are you Dominican? He's like, no, I'm from Angola, but I do speak Spanish, but I also speak yeah. Like three or four other languages. And I was like, Angola in Africa? Wow, that's weird. So then I went back and did my research. The Portuguese were one of the last countries to release the stranglehold on a country in Africa. Mm -hmm. Once they realized because of people in the continent that were fighting against the oppression from outside influence, they paid for the rest of the settlers from Portugal that were in Angola to come back to Portugal. And I was like, wow. That's deep. Yeah, I ain't know nothing about that. Yeah. I mean, and that's a similar thing. Didn't it happen, I mean, with South Africa too? Like a lot of, I mean, obviously there's still a big, they don't have apartheid anymore, or so they say. But I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like America. Like yes. we don't have racism anymore. We don't have slavery anymore, right. but we still have it. Right? Yes, absolutely. Like I wonder, you know, and I, I felt like they did something similar. Like some of the people that were there, they were like, "Hey, all right, look, you know, let the Africans have their stuff back. We gonna y'all got y'all come on home. We'll like, be all right. Yep. Yeah, we'll be all right." And it was, and again, it was all about the trade routes. Yeah. So you're talking about the Atlantic Ocean going into the Indian Ocean. So under or going around from the left to the right side, the east to the west, I'm sorry, the west to the, the east, east of Africa, you got the Atlantic, come on down, it's the Indian Ocean. Yep. All we want to do is be able to get this trade route. That's all we want. And if we can come in here with our weapons, and again, the Spanish, the British, yep. they were in cahoots way back when. So they were already like looking at us like, oh, yeah, they're just and that's anybody else for that matter. Not just people African of color. People, yes. Yeah. Anybody who does not have the weaponry that we have. Oh, they're yeah. they're second class. They're subservient. And I mean, that holds true today. Like, think about I mean, we think about how America's run like 
Think about how much money we give to our military. Like our military has, um, what the biggest budget? Well, I know they have the biggest budget of any uh, military in the world. But they said you could add like four or five people's military spending budget, and it still wouldn't touch ours. Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? Like, so there you go. And you think about like the United Nations and what that what is what does the United Nations really mean? If America is, I'm I'm doing air quotes. If America is truly this world power that we claim to be the influence that we would have over other countries. People know, like I said earlier, our white brothers and sisters know exactly what black suffrage is. We don't have to explain it. That's doing them a disservice. Our folks in the United Nations know exactly what inequality, racism, and oppression is. It does not need to be explained. The fact that it it has not prior to 2020 been a global issue the way that it is right now tells me everything I need to know. So even the organization that I work for right now, I have a hard time. One of our episodes, probably like episode three or four on black guy therapy emails or questions, BGT at BGTcast at gmail.com. One of the first episodes we had was about racial anxiety. You all know exactly what is going on in the world. My company right now, everybody's up in arms, diversity and inclusion, diverse suppliers, diverse this, diverse that. Why did it take 2020 for that to be your mantra, your motto? All efforts going towards this. Yeah. Should I trust it? Well, and I, and I, I feel like this. I think, you know, think about the people who are in power right now. A lot of them were, were born... Um, 70s and, and early 80s, right? Like th- those are your people who are managers and, and leading companies right now. People in the, in the, if you were born in like the late 70s and the early 80s, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't really see the, the struggle, right? So you never, you never were really exposed. But now I guess they, since they saw a man down camera like that was the the straw because like holy crap like this is this is real mm-hmm. i don't know I, I that's what i like to think happened they this was the straw that broke the camel's back because they those people in leadership had never seen it before right. and now they they saw it live broadcasted right so i don't know i don't know but it's, it's crazy because we've been talking for an hour so oh man um yeah uh, welcome back stop. welcome yeah. back well, I'll say this real quick before we do our final thoughts. That right there, what you just said is is really, really powerful. People need to pay attention to that. Yeah. And and there are opportunities right now for people of color to establish a certain expectation from the people that they're around. Yeah. If I'm a person of color right now, I'm going to get an LLC right now and, and offering my services to somebody. Man. They're they throwing money at you right throwing, now. Throwing. <laughs> LLC. I'm, I'm saying what I want to say in my organization. If I don't feel comfortable and I didn't feel comfortable saying it before, I'm saying it. Yep. Take advantage of this time to establish a new precedent. Yep. I agree. And, and I'm a, so I'm going to leave it on with this. Have you been, because we ain't getting much time, but I'm going to say, have you been following the the guy who's going to the United Nations to like complain about the United States saying that they're treating black people unfairly. Have you been following it? No. Okay, you might want to follow that. I got I, I forgot the guy's name, but he's literally I think he has either already spoke or he's going to speak to the United Nations about the the, the treatment of uh, uh, people of color in America. So that's happening. Okay, that's happening. Anyway, we got one minute left. Um, you got anything to say? So I cannot wait for the next one. Because we need to talk about North Carolina and Asheville. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Reparations. We Reparations. Talk about that, that's, we happening. To, that's happening. So uh, other than that, I will say my people, my brothers, my sisters, continually reach out to your ancestors diligently and with a clean and pure heart because they will respond and take advantage of this time to establish new precedents with the folks that you come into contact with daily. Yeah, I like that. Well, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm I'm gonna end it on that, and uh, we out. Peace.